Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and affect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Richard Harris. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. I'm Richard Harris, and we have got a great lineup for you today in today's program. Uh, Karen Conrad is uh, we're here with us, uh, co-hosting here the Truth and Liberty Show. Um, Karen is, uh, of course, one of our board members. Yes. But what some people may not know is Karen used to be a vice president here at Andrew Womack Ministries, actually launched Truth and Liberty. How long ago was that, Karen? 2018? Yeah, 2018. 17 and Gospel Truth TV was in the mix with all that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, Karen was my boss, actually. So, <laughs> so I hired you. You hired me for this job. Uh, so you get all the blame or credit or something. I also, look really both, smart now. Depending on what day it is. Well, Karen, um, uh, Karen, what, what you guys really need to know about Karen is that she's extremely experienced businesswoman and executive. Uh, you spent 25 years, was it, in banking, yes. Karen, at many different banks in Minnesota before God called you and, yeah. and Levi here to Colorado. And now you're uh, working with Billy Epperhart and w in Wealth Builders. Um, and God is just using you to call people to the mountain of business, call Christians to the mountain of business. Yes. And it's amazing to see what God's doing. So Amen. we're going to be talking with Karen about all things Business Mountain. But also we have with us today uh, John Graves, who many of you, if you've watched Truth and Liberty for long, you've probably recognized John because he's been our guest a few times. And he's He's the head of Million Voices, an um, organization that's doing an amazing work. You've like sort of become the guy in the Christian right for tech stuff when it comes to <laughs> elections. When we got questions about that, we called John and Million Voices, 30 million voter guides you've distributed via electronic technology, yeah. I think I saw. And yeah. plus, you're a lawyer, recovering lawyer, sort of <laughs> like uh, You're a lawyer, recovering lawyer. Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> you never stop being a lawyer. It is a little like AA, isn't it? Like, yes, I'm still a lawyer, but, um, John, I'm a lawyer. but yeah. And so it's great to have you Good both evening. here Thank on Truth you. and Liberty. It's going to be an awesome Glad show to today. be here. Well, guys, I wanted to also mention to our viewers that we do have an event coming up now. Uh, the Minister's Conference is going on right now across uh, over at Karis Bible College here, and uh, it's ongoing. If you can still make it for that, I think there's uh, going to be a showing tonight of Overturned yes. Again, wow. which was the drama that uh, we, uh, the premiere performance of it was at the Truth and Liberty conference. It was unbelievably powerful. Uh, and there was not a, literally not a dry eye in the house. I hate overusing a phrase like that, but it's so true. Talks about the story of Roe versus Wade. But then we also have Thursday and uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned. Thursday and Friday, the conference will be continuing and uh, great speakers. Karen just came over from there. Uh, Andrew and Dwayne and Greg Moore and who else is there? Bob Yandian. Bob Yandian. Um, I think that's the main speakers and wow, they are on fire. Awesome. So make it out if you can. But coming up uh, November 2nd through the 4th is the annual Women Arise Conference, something Karen also knows a lot yes, about. Yes, I do. Yeah. So the speakers this year are Carrie Pickett, Audrey Mack, who's one of my favorite 
preachers oh, yeah. anywhere, male, female, whatever. She's amazing. She's amazing. And then uh, Elizabeth Muren will be speaking, so you can get more information at awmi.net about that. All right, well, praise God. There is so much going on today, uh, not just in the world, but here at Andrew Womack Ministries. And Karen, you are actually uh, have been, spent a few years in Texas um, and doing great stuff down there. But God has called you and your husband, Dave, back to Colorado. Why don't you tell us what's going yes. on? Yes, well, it's really exciting. And uh, of course, this always feels like home because of people like you, Richard, and just our history here. But we've been really blessed that Dave was extended the opportunity to become the executive director of Army, which is the ministerial association for Andrew. And Dave has been at Gateway Church with Robert Morris for uh, 16 years. Over for 16 years and he is a global leader. He works with uh, leaders all over the world. And he actually st helped start Bill Johnson's Ministerial Association mm. as well out in Bethel. So um, we've been really connected here. It's when we met, which many people that listen, they know our story. We actually connected because Dave knew about Andrew and then Lance and Annabelle, friends of ours, they brought us together. So it's really something that Dave's been um, providing materials all over the world of Andrews for, for absolutely years, probably decades at this point. And now for him to have the opportunity to come on the team here and be able to work in a similar capacity within this organization is just incredible. Mm -hmm. And so we are extremely honored and just so excited for the future and uh, we are moving back to Colorado, Richard. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. So awesome. Well, um, we're we're going to get to John here in a little bit, but Karen, I wanted to just kind of kick things off here by talking about this uh, whole idea of the mountain of business. Um, you know, before I do that, let me just remind everybody, this is a live calling show. Uh, we would love to hear from you today, uh, Karen and, and John Graves, taking your questions, your live questions. So the number is on your screen there in the upper right-hand corner. It's 719-619-2341. Uh, also, if you need prayer today, please call into Andrew's uh, Prayer Center. His prayer lines are open 24-7, 365 now. Uh, it's uh, the, the, the most anointed, uh, spirit-filled, Word of God trained prayer ministers anywhere on the planet. We get testimonies out of there every single day about divine healing, miracles, salvations, baptisms in the Holy Spirit, people set free from depression, suicide, all kinds of things led to Christ. So uh, call into that number, 719-635-1111, and uh, someone will agree with you in prayer. But Karen, getting back to this mountain of business for a yes. second. So we, you know, Lance Walnut, now, who we all know, good friend, kind of God has used him to revive in the church, I think, an understanding of a more biblical understanding of the Great Commission, right? Yes. That Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Yes. And so it's like, well, wait, how do you disciple a nation, right? Well, it's not just, it's not just from the pulpit on Sunday, is it? It's not just Sunday school. And one of the most important mountains is the mountain of business. Absolutely. So why, let's just start off, like, why is it important for Christians to actually see business as a calling and as a mission? Field. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to start out by sharing a quote, and this is from Oral Roberts, and he said, whoever controls the finances of a nation controls the spiritual climate. Mm. And you know what? That is so true. When we look around and we see what is happening, uh, you know, we have a lot of influencers out there that are influencing the wrong direction, and what is giving them that platform is finances. 
And I think for so long, uh, the church has just been taught, you know, the lie of, well, God wants you poor, and we know that's not right. Then we kind of went too much in the ditch on the prosperity movement. But I feel like we're settling in this place right now where we are taking our place, and Billy Epperhart and Becky, I feel, are, are leaders really in the world in this area with a biblical understanding. But when we look around as to how to reach people, and really that's the heart of God, right? We need to reach people. The marketplace is one of the best places for us to go into to influence people and show them Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely, uh, let's go to them, go ye into the world, and that's where people are. But also when you look at where parents and families are sending their children to learn about business and finances, it's going to places like Harvard, right? To these Ivy League schools. Well, what's happening? Mm -hmm. They are teaching them not biblical principles that they were actually founded on. They are turning them away from their faith in what they are learning, mm -hmm. okay? So it's this call, you know, as a mom and a grandma, I'm just super passionate about this because I'm not gonna spend 100000 dollars to send my child somewhere uh, that's going to indoctrinate them in the world and to lose their faith. Mm -hmm. Where when we take this call and what Billy and Becky have put together is teaching business, real estate, financial principles based on the Word of God and then giving the how-tos on how to go out and succeed. So in that, I just even remember at banking when I was there 25 years, I taught children's ministry and everything, but you know what? My, my really impactful conversations uh, reaching people happened when I was working at the bank. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a premise to know like that is where we can actually influence people. They're watching us, we're their leaders, uh, and, and we can actually instill values that are God values in the workplace and gain influence. And I believe, you know, we call it wealth builder by wealth builder. We can help turn not only our neighborhoods around, but nations around. Amen, amen. Well, John, I, I just want to bring you in on this because of something you said just before we came in the studio, you showed me a picture of your daughter. Yes. And she's in college. Mm -hmm. Now this is, some people might say it's an education mountain, whatever. It's still the Seven Mountains concept in operation. Tell everybody what so the she, coach said. So she is, in, she is in the number two finance university in the nation. Mm -hmm. She got there, but she loves basketball. And so she had to die to her dream for basketball. You know, last year she was a freshman. And she decides at the last minute to walk on the team. And I was so proud of her just for having the guts to keep doing it. And I felt the same way and I struggled. God, the, the, the universities are so indoctrinating people. And, I'm pr and I remember one of my mentors saying, the older your kids get, the less you instruct your kids like this and the more you instruct them talking to God. And so yeah. I was praying, praying, praying. That's true. She makes the basketball team. Her coach is a believer. The assistant coach is a solid believer posting scriptures every day. And I feel like the Holy Spirit convicted me. And I want to say this to our, to our viewers. How small is your faith? How small is your faith? Wherever, wherever the church withdraws from, the darkness takes over. It doesn't matter if it's Hollywood. It doesn't matter if it's the government or uh, education, anything. And the answer is us. The answer is go be it. And so, and so it increased my faith watching her. And we just found out uh, yesterday 
uh, and I was watching it all morning on here. We just got the video today that she's now got a full ride at this university today. And her coach just looked at her and said, your hard work. He quoted Proverbs 14, mm. all hard work leads to profit and mm. you wow. deserve this. And I, and, and one of the coaches said, she's transformed the culture of this team. And it's like, that's, that's who we are. Right, we right. go in. And so then my daughter, my other daughter, a couple months later, I got five kids, three girls and two boys. And she goes, dad, I feel like God wants me to go to LA. I'm like, let's do it. It's dark out there. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's, go. let's let's go do it. And so, and so I agree. Businesses, you can't just look at businesses and go, oh, they're terrible. It's kingdom work, mm -hmm. and we yeah. are the answer. We can't expect the darkness to turn it to, to turn itself around. Right. It has to have us. Even the people fighting us. They're not beyond the, the, the grace and the redemption of Jesus Christ. Right. Even the people, they're not, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. They need That's the light. Right. They need mercy. They mm -hmm. need compassion. They need truth spoken forcefully, winsomely. But Jesus was full of grace and truth. And truth. He didn't pick between the two. He That's was right. full of both of them. And, and he, so, and Jesus was both in the synagogues and out yes, in the marketplace. Yes, right. And yes. he went from city to city, the big ones, the small ones. It's like there's no place where the kingdom of heaven is not supposed to be brought down. That's here on right. Earth. And, and, and well, speaking of business schools, <laughs> yes, Karen, you're now going to be the assistant director of the. Karis Business yes. School, which Raising is one of the third year yes. programs. Um, and so that's just like really exciting. Makes me want to go do business school, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's really exciting. And yeah. She could raise up torches. We have got, like, so. this is one of the biggest enrollment years, too. So I do think that God is speaking to people, um, you know, and putting business on their heart. Mm -hmm. And I think for so long, we, we haven't necessarily supported that in a way. I even remember going to church and mm -hmm. thinking, um, well, God, if if you really, ha if you really mm -hmm. called me, you would have me in ministry, yes, right? Yes, that's, that's it. And I used to <laughs> sit in church and thinking like, wow, um, God, I wish I was called to do something mm -hmm. for you, like, you know, to preach and teach. And that's amazing that you are. But but really, God gives us the gifts and talents. And if you even look at your life, yep. and my dad was a banker, my brother's a banker, just the preparation mm -hmm. for all of this. When we say yes to God, part of that call uh, is like, hey, this is where your influence is going to be and this is where you're going to show people Jesus right mm -hmm. because they're uh, not coming into the church right now uh, you know but we want to actually introduce them exactly. in the marketplace when it's appropriate and however God leads us that will help them to see Jesus for who he is and come into the church and you know with that there's a lot of compassion with that um, Richard and John too mm -hmm. because when we look at the world, I, I literally, when I go to an airport, all just all wants to want to go into recluse, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because you start to see the state of where things are. Mm -hmm. yep. But when that love of God and that compassion rises up, and you just look at people and it's like, they they don't they've never seen Jesus. Mm -hmm. They don't know Jesus. Mm. So when we say yes to the marketplace call, we're literally the hands and feet. Where we go, we're the church. Mm -hmm. So if I go work for an organization like the bank that I worked at, I had a lot of influence. I was the church going into those places. Right, right, right. So it's really a call of God mm -hmm. that I think goes so much beyond um, maybe what our traditional church experience was. But I think there is a, an awakening in the marketplace mm -hmm. that is coming alongside this third, you know, and part of this third great awakening. Yeah, amen. Well, what is it, uh, what makes the Karis Business School really special? Oh, that's a great question. I have to give 
of course, Paul Milligan and Billy Epperhart so much credit for this. But the Karis Business School is founded on principles of the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also bringing in the how-tos. And um, it's a one-year, very intensive course. It's to build up entrepreneurs. And we bring teachers and instructors in that are what we say in the game. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's head knowledge, but at, at Karis Business School, these are Christian leaders and business owners that are coming in as experts in their field, and they are teaching and training the students. And so we, we take them through a process of personal growth, and then we teach them business principles, leadership principles, and then they actually build a business plan in teams, and they have to apply what they learn, and they give a presentation, we bring them into live plan, and so it's very hands-on. So when they leave business school, they really know how to go out and either start a business or come alongside a business to bring those godly principles and just really how-tos into the workplace. And uh, we believe we, we definitely have the opportunity and the privilege of raising up this next generation of leaders in the marketplace. You know, um, to, to get to the business school, to get to the practical government school, both of those, you have to go through the first two years. You do. At Karis Bible College. And uh, some people look at that and they kind of turn their nose up yeah. at it and they go, I don't want to do that. But the, the worst thing to do is to get someone equipped with all this knowledge and then they go out into the world without the biblical foundation. So to, true. to have the character, to have the faith in order to operate in God's <coughs> principles. So Absolutely. I think Andrew deserves amazing um, you know, credit for the wisdom of I making agree. that a requirement. Mm -hmm. But we condense the, um, so I got to set up the practical government school. And, you know, it was such an interesting time because I literally felt God's hand on me when I was doing it. It was this, it was a, a unique experience because I was like taking all this stuff and it was like floating into this puzzle. And I was like, how did that happen, God? That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I remember when I sat, I was the first coordinator. And after the first year of listening to all the, all the stuff, I said, this is a really good program. <laughs> and I'd been through a political science degree in law school and everything else. And I thought, this is really good. And and for the money, you can't beat it, right? I'm just saying, I'll just say that. But that's enough of the, of the advertisers. I'm excited about that and what's going to happen there, Karen. But let's talk some more about... Um, about this issue of the mountain of business. Um, uh, well, you know, I, I remembered something else. Let me bring this up. My middle son is in sports media, okay, Reagan, and he went to Oklahoma State University, and he was doing awesome. He was doing awesome. But he, he the between his summer of his junior and senior year, he's like, Dad, I do not really want to do this anymore. I'm like, what are you talking about? You've only got a year left. And he said, <laughs> he went into a lot of detail, and this is not to badmouth my alma mater, God forbid, but <laughs> he was saying, these guys, these teachers and instructors, they're not current. They don't know how stuff is done today, which is, uh, I know that yes. that you just said that they're in the game, yes. right? They're they're actually business leaders who are doing this yes. and they know how it works, and so it's it's and not just an academic exercise for them. And they're being taught by somebody who did it in the real world for 25 years, yeah. not not separating the sacred and the secular. She saw her calling as ministry while she's That's in right. the bank. Who better to impart that to somebody else yeah. than somebody who actually did it? She's not studying something and imparting it. She She's doing it. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's put it into practice for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. And so now she can say, hey, you can influence them, but you're, you're, this is your mission field. Right. And yeah. so I think that that's an impartation. When that's you've awesome. actually done it, it's, it's different. 
Well, let me remind folks, this is live call-in show, and you can call and ask any question. It can be a Bible question, political question, business question, yeah. whatever, legal question. Um, we're going to talk <laughs> to you about your mother's will and <laughs> slip and falls. But you two no. attorneys. But uh, call in 719-619-2341. Well, John, you... Uh, are, are an attorney and you know um, being a lawyer is like you have one foot in in the legal system or government and you have one foot in the business realm but it really is very much business related because yeah. you're there to make money yeah. but you're you're not in private practice anymore you're doing more of this consulting political stuff but mm -hmm. can you talk for a minute to people who are watching today and and they're wondering God what have you made me to do I'm, I'm in this career I don't feel like it's me I don't know what to do or where to go. I think as you hear us listen to what she is saying, she is saying, I wasn't in banking frustrated for 25 years and once I got out now I can go do ministry. She was like, this is my mission field. These are the people that are least suspecting. They got their they don't have their guard up. You can wait for a moment. They may confess you know problems or sorrows or, or whatever. I think that is the mission field and a lot of people make that mistake. I made that mistake. I don't know how long it took you to figure that out, but it took me a long time. It took me a few years. And, and, and literally <laughs> I spent a lot of my Christianity and I'm I'm just now uh, really these last several years in what I think is the ultimate call of God on my life. And I was frustrated because I heard pastors say to me, the high calling is being a pastor. Yes. yes. And so I thought, which it was a high calling for them, for them. because yes. they were a pastor, John but it wasn't my high calling. And so mm -hmm. I thought, well, I must not have the high calling or a high calling or, or, or I must go do that to be a high calling. Mm -hmm. And so I got a business degree and then it didn't take me long practicing law. I did a lot of litigation stuff. And I went into business. A guy hired me in and I've been doing business. I build tech companies, software companies, database companies. I still do it to this day. And, and finally one day God spoke to me. I, was, I had met with one of the largest churches in the country, one of the, a guy who'd sold his company to IBM for $100 million. I'm driving home for several hours and the Holy Spirit said, John, when are you going to stop being frustrated with the way I made you? Mm -hmm. and quit comparing yourself to everybody else. Because mm -hmm. I had believed a lie. If I could just be a pastor, I would be much better than just doing that you know, mm -hmm. on the weekends. Mm -hmm. If I could just be a lawyer, I'd be much better. If I could just run a business or do political stuff. And God's like, no, I made you a translator. Mm -hmm. And that's my calling. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, help, I help the church understand why politics matters. I help all of them understand how to apply technology to mobilize the church to impact, to be salt and light. That's why we call it Million Voices. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the voice. I want to mobilize millions of people to figure out your voice is more powerful than you think it is. Mm -hmm. Start speaking. Yeah. Speak strategically. Speak winsomely. Speak full of truth and grace. Don't pick between the two. Stay. You can, you can marry the two, right? Uh, and so that took me a long time. And so mm -hmm. if you don't hear anything else we say today, hear, hear that where you are may be exactly where you're called to be and just open your eyes and see the field that's right in front of you. Well, Karen, you've written on the subject and spoken a lot on the subject of purpose. Yes. And in fact, um, Donna and I sat down with your book. Uh, this has been several years now ago, but it was really impactful, mm -hmm. especially for opening her eyes to what her purpose was. Mm -hmm. Can you comment more about that? It seems like we're kind of flowing that direction here. Maybe speak yeah, to the people absolutely. who are struggling in that area. Yeah, um, I really was on a journey like um, Richard described where I had the same thoughts that you had, but also I was just had so much fear 
you know, fear of failure and then maybe fear of success. I don't know. I just had mm. a lot of things that I was dealing with and then I became a widow on top of it, mm. which really just everything sort of like came together. But um, what I started to realize is that my identity was in my work. Mm. And I think we can all mm. slip into that. Yeah. And um, it was like the Holy Spirit just illuminated my, my heart just like, you know, there's, there's so much that he had for me to do, but uh, I would be up, you know, if I had a good day at work, I'd be down if I had a bad day at work. And uh, there was just a time it was sort of like, you know, I came to myself, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like through my arms, like, I, I just, I don't know what to do. I can't do this anymore. And God started to reveal to me that there is a purpose that he has for my life. And in that I can actually trust him to take care of that purpose in a way like it was all on me and my performance. Mm, but for me to be able to have maybe the impact that he desired or to move into things that he had called me to, I could not walk in that level of stress mm, mm. because it was all about me, even yeah. though in my mind, I thought I was leaning in the Lord. Mm. So um, in that, as I started to ask God questions um, and I put together a questionnaire based on that to help discover my purpose, I went on a journey and I started to realize that all of my life, even though things maybe didn't seem perfect, he had perfectly mm. threaded things together yes. and identifying the gifts and talents that he put in me. I actually learned that I was owning those, mm. even though I thought I wasn't, but I was. And that was almost bringing the stress because then it was up to me to have other people recognize my gifts and talents. Yeah. But he spoke to me, and I think this is going to help someone out there. He said, Karen, the gifts and talents that are in you are my gifts and talents that I put in you. Mm -hmm. And the first time I heard that, it was like, well, yeah, of course, you know, you kind of have this, I don't know, mind where you think you understand. He's like, no. And then he just brought me revelation. They're the gifts and talents I made and put in you. So I am more concerned about those gifts and talents being honored and used for the kingdom than you need to be. Mm. And it, it literally set me free. Mm. And then I, I realized too, the way that I was wired was not a mistake, mm. kind of like what you're yeah. saying. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you are trying to fit into to different things. Maybe you have a mentor, even a parent that has expectations and you kind of say like, what is wrong with me? And then you get this confirmation from God. No, I made you just like this. Now let's, let's, let's talk about your purpose, how I designed you. And in that, I knew that I was really designed to bring vision to reality, which made sense. I could do banking. I could do real estate. I could do the home staging, but I would stay in that place and almost a whole world opened up to me. So that purpose connection yeah. and understanding it opens a door in my opinion to being able to take the limits off mm -hmm. of what we think we can do or what we're relying on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if there was ever a time that we needed to break into that call and purpose of God in the marketplace and different things, it is now. Right. Our, the world mm -hmm. needs us to say yes to God in those areas and go forth.
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. That's amazing. Um, well, guys, this is, uh, if you're just tuning in, this is the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. And I'm Richard Harris. Our guests today are Karen Conrad, one of our board members, former uh, head of Truth and Liberty, mm-hmm. who's, who's coming back and joining the forces here at Andrew Womack Ministries again, and also is the Vice President of Wealth Builders. And, um, and also with us today is John Graves, the, the, I guess it's president, owner, founder, big kahuna, Whatever. million <laughs> voices. I like big Big Kahuna. Big Kahuna. I've never heard voices. that. <laughs> um, and uh, it seems like the Lord is just directing us into a discussion of purpose here. Yeah. Um, we're coming up on a break uh, here in a minute, but I just want to say, you know, as we're, as we're heading to this break, if you've got questions on this or any other subject, we're going to be talking about lots of different things today. Please feel free to call in at 719-619-2341, and we'd love to visit with you today. Um, you know, I uh, just before we go to the break, I just want to say I relate so much to this because um, I, my whole life until I, even after I was here at Karis was a back and forth mm-hmm. between politics and law, politics and law, politics and law, politics and law. And I could not figure it out. I was like, what is wrong with me, God? I can't make up my mind. I'm like schizophrenic. And uh, I, I mean, it, it was wild. I was in the ministry, out of the ministry, or the ministry, you know, in, in law, out of law. And uh, here I am. And now you see these things in a, in a convergence that's just so exciting and awesome to know that you're in the will of God and that everything in your life has had a purpose. There's nothing quite like it. Okay, well, we're back now, or we'll be back in 90 seconds after this break. We're gonna share some important information with you. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, All you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Okay, well, welcome back to the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. We've just been having an amazing conversation here about uh, purpose and discovering it and how we all sort of seem to have this thing in common about, you know, living a professional life for a long time and then uh, God beginning to reveal things to you. And John, I think you had something from the Word. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt before the break, but when when Karen was talking, I just keep thinking about the Scripture and it just keeps coming up. And I, I share this with my kids. And I'd like to share this with the viewers. It's in the message, Galatians 6, 4, and 5. Please hear me if you have ears to hear. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given to do. 
And then, after those two things, sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself and don't compare yourself with others. Each of us must take responsibility for doing the creative best we can with our own life. And that scripture just encapsulates awesome. what I think she was talking about is we have to make a careful exploration. As you hear my testimony, Richard's testimony, Karen's testimony, what is your testimony? Your testimony is God's story in you. And so what is God? It's, it's not that you're in politics and out of politics and in law and that. It's preparation. Mm -hmm. And we yes. don't like to think that. But remember, if you keep things in the frame of God's mind, if, if He calls for a famine in the land like it says He did in Psalm, uh, the Psalms, He can send Joseph ahead of Him yes. 22 years, even sold as a slave and in prison. And that's preparation, mm -hmm. refinement, and we don't like that. No. It's like, God, I don't want suffering to be included in my preparation. <laughs> and, 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 and let me tell you, that was my struggle with my kids. I, I was like, oh God, that's a d dark place. And God, that's, they're trying to indoctrinate. And God, and it's like, do you not trust? I mean, do you really not trust the God of the universe and the creator of the world to protect your children? They're supposed to be arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior. Mm. And if we don't trust that with ourselves and with our own children, it's like she has a foundation. She's not wavering from that foundation. Even mm. if she did waver from the foundation, that doesn't matter. God is faithful to finish what God starts. And so, and so we've got to be full of faith and just fair, God, this feels like suffering in the job I'm in, the ministry I'm in, doesn't matter. There's mm -hmm. suffering in, in all kinds of realms. That's part of the refinement. He's not afraid of that. It's refining you to make you gold for the purposes of God later on. And Joseph comes to that. I don't know how long it took him to come to that, but it's like, yeah, they meant to, to make me suffer. They meant to hurt me. God, God meant this to save many lives. And so if you can just get God's view on your situation, it doesn't matter where you are, just go, God, what might you be doing? Or just trust that God's good. And whatever He's doing, He's preparing you, even when you don't understand. I've been through incredible suffering in my life. And I'm like, God, did you leave me? <laughs> did, am I, did I make you mad? I mean, what happened? This, this is not the way this is supposed to be. And I look back on it and go, wow. Wow, this you know, is God's I think, way. I think God uh, doesn't send the suffering and the hardship, but He is so powerful, He's able to use yeah. everything yeah. that we go through yep. for His good. For and I, I feel impressed that there's someone watching today and you're listening to this discussion and you are doing something in your life, you're pursuing, I think it's a calling or something like mm -hmm. that, and you're doing it because that's what you think other people expect you to do, especially maybe your parents mm -hmm. uh, or someone else of influence in your life. And I just want to say to you that the Lord is calling you to obey His voice and not theirs, uh, to shake off man's conventions and to listen to that voice that's on the other inside of you. And the Lord would say to you that when you obey His voice, you're going to step out of that bondage that you're feeling and into peace and into vitality and strength and energy, uh, and you're going to become a new person. So I just want to encourage you to obey the voice of God, whoever you are, and whatever that situation is that you're facing there today. All right. Well, praise God. That's awesome. Um, I've got a lot of other stuff I want to talk about today. Um, uh, it, but I want to go back to the whole question of the business mountain for a second. Um, Karen, the, uh, I remember, so when I, when I really got turned on to God, you know, and, and totally um, uh, filled with God's spirit. And I, I remember uh, talking to this friend of mine and it was like, where, where are we going to go to church? He says, well, I, I know there's this church down so-and-so in Oklahoma City and they, they believe the whole Bible. I said, miracles and everything. He said, yeah. And I said, okay, that's where we're going. And so we went there um, 
and it is a good church, but it was a little bit old timey kind of Pentecostal. And I remember preaching like, eh, stay out of the, you know, movies, don't go to college, you don't need that fancy learning, mm-hmm. this kind of stuff like that. And when it comes to money and business, are there still uh, a lot of people out there, Christians laboring under the misconception that it's sinful to make money, mm-hmm. that God doesn't want us rich, and those kind of beliefs? And how is that hindering us? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that uh, there is a lot of misunderstanding in this area of scripture. And if we feel like we're doing something against God mm-hmm. to go out and pursue our purpose of the marketplace or funding, mm-hmm. um, you know, the gospel or making money, it is going to stop us from stepping into that. Now think about it. Uh, if money is in the hands of believers, you know, that money is going to be spent for purposes of the kingdom, mm. right? And that's what Deuteronomy 8.18 shares with us. God tells us that He gives us the ability to create wealth. Mm-hmm. And it is something that He promised to our ancestors, and it's something that we are to pursue to expand the kingdom. Okay, so if the scripture says that, and we know that it does take money to expand the kingdom, you can actually logically just tear apart this idea that I believe the enemy has sown into churches with poverty, Mm -hmm. because with money comes influence. And money in itself is not good or evil, but how you use money and spend money takes on a good or evil. So we are seeing that uh, definitely, we work with a lot of people that uh, they know in their heart that they're called to do real estate, for example, but they have this um, idea that's been planted in them that they don't deserve to do that or that they don't have the ability or capability to do something like that. So we have to kind of break those down and just help people to understand that the more money that you have, the more you can finance the things that you are saying you want to finance, Mm -hmm. right? So it's sort of like, you know, the enemy, even with the political, all the things happening, Mm -hmm. it's not logical. So if you just look at the word and there's promises in there about prosperity, Mm -hmm. okay? And then you look at the lies that are being placed there. It is to hold God's influence down in the earth. It's to stop the expansion of the kingdom in the earth. And so we can break that and just um, help people understand that when you build generational wealth, you're actually securing, right, for generations, you're securing the message and expansion of the kingdom for thousand generations to come. You know, something else not to, I don't want to get too spiritual here, but really and truly, I think um, we think of, um, I've been, this is something God has been working on me for several months about, but is that our, our um, you know, the, the Westminster Catechism, the first question is, what's the chief end of man? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. The primary calling on every human being ever created was to give glory to God, glorify Him. It's not winning souls and winning the lost is actually secondary to glorifying God. I know that's going to shock evangelicals like, what, that's blasphemy. But our founders understood this. Like if you see the Mayflower uh, Compact, for example, it says that um, uh, the, the undersigned, we covenant ourselves for the glory of God, number one, and the advancement of the Christian faith. 
in that order. Yeah. So when a person discovers their purpose, and, it, and if maybe you're under the idea, I've got to be in ministry, quote unquote mm -hmm. ministry, pulpit ministry, I've got to pastor a church, mm -hmm. and you're miserable, maybe it's because you're not in your purpose. Right. And when you step out of that bondage into what God really made you to do, you're going to be giving glory to Him because you're going to be doing it with excellence, yes. with joy and uh, creativity. I mean, am I wrong on this? No, you are spot on. And you know, the scripture even too that we've all quoted with our children is, train your child up in the way that they should go. And, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. And I used to just really study this out, like what does that mean, right? I want to be a good parent. And it's really, they're bent, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So it's paying attention attention to their gifts and talents in fostering that. Yeah, well, that's what we've been told to do as parents. So I remember when Levi was like five years old, uh, he, he, would, he was actually a great artist, but what he would sit down and do is he would map out businesses. Wow. And I was like, now that's really interesting. <laughs> and actually our pastor's, um, our pastor's daughter-in-law who like we from Living Word met him and we ran into her recently and the thing she remembered is like yeah I remember Levi sitting there and and he was writing out businesses well that was a bent right that was something that God put in him that needed to be fostered right wow. so in that I think that as we look at even with our children as we look at the things that um, we have been called to do and gifted and talented we do glorify God in saying mm. yes to how he created us right. and then bring him in to help us to succeed mm. and a lot of people are afraid well if I have money mm. right oh my goodness it might um, cause me to do bad things because so many people have but that's where you keep God first and if your purpose for everything is to glorify God, as you say, you know, we don't need to be worried about having too much money, right? Because right. we have a relationship with God and right. we're keeping that first. Amen. Amen. Well, we actually have a caller on the line. I'd like to take this call. Uh, Stephanie from Georgia, you are on the air. Thanks for calling in. What's your question today? Hey, thank you for taking my call. So my Absolutely. If Adam was not deceived, why did he eat of the fruit? Well, that's a good one. You guys want to tackle that first? I can start with that. There's, there's actually a couple of different, I, 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 what I have, I've been saved 35 years. I've studied under some of the best teachers, uh, I think in our, in our generation. And the older I get, I remember one of the uh, older pastors that was from England, he oversaw about 600 churches in his denomination. And he, he said something when I was probably 25 years younger. He said, the older I get, the more comfortable I am with the phrase, I don't know. Mm. And I want to say something to that. I can give you the conservative, this is what a lot of people think, you know, was he there? It's indicated in the Hebrew, he was there with us. Some people even go so far as to say he put her above God. He was so in love with Eve that even though she was deceived, he was not deceived because he didn't oversee and lead and, and warn her. Uh, and, and he chose her over God in some, in some ways. So there's no clear indication of the why, uh, but clearly the scripture says, although she, the woman was deceived, sin came into the world, not through one woman. It came into the world through one man. So clearly he's the one that bears the responsibility in God's economy uh, for doing this. And so I think, I think it's a little bit like money. People can put love uh, before God and, it's, and, it, and it leads to destruction or death. People can put money, Jesus says, you can't worship both. 
And this is the thing that's so tricky, I think, for Christians, because you, you quoted Deuteronomy 8 earlier where God will bless you. And Deuteronomy 8 says, it goes on to warn, but don't you think you did this? Don't you think the strength yes. of your... It's like, I create wealth. I'm the one that's in this. And then Deuteronomy 28, I was just reading this to my kids this weekend. Uh, it says, if you just obey, all these blessings will overtake you. So our focus is not to go seek the blessing or the money or the love. Our, our focus is to obey. Jesus says what? You, you just quoted this earlier, almost. If you love me, you'll obey me. Hmm. So if you love him first with what you're just talking about, then what, what's the natural consequence of love? If you love me, Jesus says in the New Testament, you'll obey me. And then Deuteronomy 28, if you obey me, you will be blessed. blessed. And, and blessings come and go. And, and uh, I have made enormous amounts of money and I have lost enormous amounts of money. And I'm at the point in my life where I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I just went through a thing. We sold a company to a public, one, a couple of our, our companies in different states to a public company. And the whole thing blew up and it didn't phase me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that's really painful, God. But that's your money. That's not mm -hmm. my money. So yeah. I'm not emotionally attached to it. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the litmus test. The litmus test is, is does it really matter to you? It's like, no, it'd be nice, but our job is just to steward it. Mm -hmm. And so that's a long way around that question to tie in the money mm -hmm. to the love. But to answer your question, I, in my opinion, I think he put her above God. And I think he yeah. literally was like, God gave me this helpmate. I don't want to lose her. And it's subtle things that are, because Ecclesiastes says money solves a multitude of problems. So it's easy for it to start looking at it as your provider. Absolutely. Instead of the God who gives everything. Well, so the Bible doesn't say why Adam no. did it. It says why Eve did it. Um, it says that she looked at the fruit and it was good to eat, yep. desired to make one wise and pleasing to the eyes. And I think those three things tie into what the Apostle John said in 1 John when he said, all that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I think that's all there is. That's what sin is. But so, so we can only speculate, but I, mm -hmm. I can't help but think that Adam was, it does say he was there. It says he was with her and he did eat. So I'm guessing uh, here that Adam didn't want to make his wife upset. And I mean, he, you know, there's a, there's a phrase out there, I'm sure you've heard it, that the, the, uh, the, the man is the head, but the woman is the neck, and she turns the man wherever she wants. I mean, just from, I just celebrated 30 years of marriage this last weekend. Congratulations. And I can just tell you, yeah, you know, the last thing you want to do is to make your wife upset. You just, you have this uh, strong desire to please her. And I suspect that Adam, um, even though he wasn't fallen quite yet, uh, that he just did not have his priorities straight at that moment. And, and in fact, you know, in one sense, you might even think that his sin was greater because he wasn't deceived right. uh, and he did it willfully. He chose to disobey willfully, whereas Eve was beguiled. So that's how the sin was transmitted to the world. Well, yeah. the scripture is clear. It was, came through one man. Came through one so man. So God held him responsible. Yeah. You know, one thought of that too. He, he did blame, it's this woman. Yes, the woman you, <laughs> you gave me, Lord. About that I don't day. want to make her mad, but I'm going to yeah. blame her. <laughs> but um, one of the things I think is, is something to think about is, is, you know, the fear of the Lord is like mm. really important. And it's not like Amen. I'm afraid of him, but when you reverence oh. the Lord, Andrew was just talking about this. So it's very fresh in my mind. But even when you look back and you think about uh, some of the people that are very famous that have fallen and done unthinkable things, um, in some of that interview process, they, they just stopped fearing the Lord, yeah. right? Yeah. And didn't have that reverence. And I, I think too, um, with guys, you know, my husband, he'll do anything for me, but he will not 
across the Word of God mm -hmm. for me. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. And so, and I, I'm sure you guys are like that too. And so, and I'm grateful for that. Praise the Lord for that. But I think that there's a point at which when we put the Word of God, um, whether it's in, in something that He's put on our heart, a rhema word, or something we have read, and we hold that in the highest esteem, that really keeps us in a safe place. And I think with money, that is something that we really, um, would want to cherish and, and focus on as God brings success into our life so we don't slip into that place mm -hmm. where we start to think it's us, right? Yeah. Because then we're, we're making ourselves God, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it should follow you. It's a little bit like the Holy Spirit. This, these signs, these miracles will follow those who believe. It's like the believers fall. If you obey, the blessings will come. So your focus is not the money that comes, the miracles that come. It's like our job is to be faithful. God gives the results. And, yeah. and this really, I don't know how much you want to get into politics today. This was an eye-popping thing for me because I had to go through this as a young believer. When I first got saved, I got saved studying world religions. I didn't grow up in the church. Mm. And I, everybody I witnessed to, I got devastated they didn't get saved. Mm -hmm. I was like, don't you get it? Mm -hmm. Don't you get it? And, and finally God had to go, John, your job is to witness. Only I draw people to me. Only I save them. And they may get saved when they leave and you don't know it. Then I came to understand that God can heal today. I saw healings and God began to move in that way. Mm -hmm. So everybody I prayed for, I wanted them to get healed. And I was devastated when it wasn't. Yeah. You know? And, and people do that with money. They do it with politics. Mm -hmm. They go, if, it, if I, the election didn't win, I'm just going to give up. Yeah. It's like, that's not your job. Right. God directs the course of world events as it pleases Him, Daniel right. says. Your job is to be salt and light. You should always vote and get everybody you know to vote. You should always contact those reps. You should be praying for those in authority. But you don't get to decide that, that we always win or we always lose. They always get saved. They always get healed. You don't get to decide that. Your job is to be faithful. God's the only one that heals. And that keeps you, I think. I really do. If you read Oral Roberts' uh, autobiography, he, he, that's one of the reasons he gives is he was so, a whole blind school would get healed and then somebody else would not get healed. And he tells one story where he prayed and prayed and prayed. He had so much faith for this blind person. They went away and they didn't get healed. Several years later, they came back and they said, on the way home, I got healed. Hmm. He goes, why didn't you call me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was right. so discouraged. It impacted my faith. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Mm -hmm. Your faith shouldn't be impacted by what you That's see. That's right. That's Your job, right. I, I'm the only one that heals. Your job is to keep praying. And he said he never looked back after that. And I thought, how powerful. It's yeah. like money. Money can come or go. It sprouts wings like eagles. Well, let's talk about this thing of money for just a second on just the spiritual level of how does someone just spiritually um, pursue God's calling to be an entrepreneur or be in the business mountain and not be infected with covetousness or the love of money? Karen, what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> That's a great question. And, um, you know, I, I think that all of us have areas of our life that may be there, there is covetousness or, or something too. So I, I want to make sure that everybody knows like God's not expecting perfection here, right? Mm -hmm. But when we keep that relationship with God and uh, Billy shares a story, like he got to this point in his life that he had so much money, he just was, he didn't have to ever work. He had enough money and he was laying on the couch, okay? And um, he looked in the mirror one day and the Lord just like, hey, if you, if you keep going like this, you're gonna die. Hmm. Right? So he tells a story about how he had all the money in the world. He didn't need a thing, 
but there was something kind of that died on the inside of him. Mm. And then Miss Becky, they tell the story, she told him, if, if you don't get off the couch, I'm going to kill you. Like, she didn't really say that, but they just had kind of this joke. But in that, it's it's that purpose, mm. okay? We're, we keep going back to this theme of purpose yeah, today. Right, right. But um, if, if we are following God's purpose, we have got something in our hearts that is bigger than the money, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if we um, and stay connected, and actually Andrew and, and Duane Sheriff were talking about this too, even in ministry, like your first love is your relationship with the Lord. And so keeping that in order is going to really help kind of prevent some of these things that we're talking about because it is our first love and our desires are gonna line up with his desires. But if if all we're doing is looking at the money and we're expecting that to bring us life and happiness, you know, we're gonna find out soon mm. that doesn't fulfill that purpose. Yeah. So why not just now say, you know what, I'm gonna just stay close to God. I am definitely uh, I'm definitely getting wealthy. I am definitely building generational wealth, but my priority is my purpose with God, my relationship with God. And in that, it really keeps you clean of those mm -hmm. other things. Well, and how important is giving in that process? You know, yes. uh, Jesus said, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Very important. And, and there's a couple things on here that I think we can talk about with giving, but giving is something that is out of our heart. It comes out of the abundance of our heart. So it's something that um, because we are so thankful to God that our response with that is to give. And, you know, Paul tells us, you know, give where your heart tells you to give. Don't give under compulsion or sure. under pressure, mm -hmm. but give. But in that, um, there's also something Kingdom Mammon, which is, is another teaching we actually do at Wealth Builders and Billy talks about, is that if, if we are starting to hang on to money for our security, which we can really slip into. And, and I can tell you firsthand when I was widowed, that was a real problem mm -hmm. because I was like, my world fell apart and I was like, oh my goodness. Um, but what breaks that is being generous and giving. So it is very important in this process, but it's important that we hear from God where to give and to sow mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, we're sowing in good ground and with a happy heart. Yeah, yeah amen. Cheerful. Well, uh, that's a good place to segue into some political stuff, if we can. I saw a, a research article a few months back uh, that surveyed um, political activity uh, amongst different religious groups mm -hmm. in America. And it was really disconcerting because the number one most active political group in America are atheists. And by far, there's not much of a comparison, especially when it comes to um, going to meetings and giving. So atheists give to political causes and campaigns and candidates far more per person than Christians do. And it's not because they have more money. Yeah. Um, John, tell me about this. What's the deal? Why don't Christians get so into I've, politics? I've been in that world for a long time and that was a huge frustration for me because mm -hmm. the, the work that I do is to mobilize the church, to get involved, in, you know, not to uh, let the tail wag the dog and start putting their hope in politics, no different than putting their hope in money, right. but to influence it. It's a tool, right? Mm -hmm. Just like money is a tool to be used for good or for evil. And I was like, God, why are the far left people giving billions of dollars? Mm -hmm. And the church is not. Is it because they're just, you know, they got so many different things to give to? And I feel like the Holy Spirit, after years of me asking and being frustrated, He, he spoke to me. 
And he said, this is their God. Yes. Their only hope is in this world. Mm -hmm. So of course that's where they give to. Mm -hmm. Their heart is there. Your right. treasure, your treasure and your heart are connected. Mm -hmm. You know, wherever your treasure is, your heart is. This is their only hope. They don't. We believe in the afterlife. Yeah. We believe in world missions. Mm -hmm. We believe in the local church. We believe in sex rescue of these little girls and boys that are being. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like so. We've got all those things that are out there, and the church is the answer to all those things. I think that's why the church doesn't give as much as the left. We don't have to, but. Um, we have to have words from God to outsmart them when we're outspent 10 to 1 or, or 5 to 1. Or we have to have people get this revelation that, wait a minute, and I've, I, I'm in relationships. I, it's kind of interesting listening to all this because I just came out of back-to-back -back conferences. And in both of them, there were people in the room that were extremely wealthy, billionaires. Um, and even one of the sessions we did was multi-generational, mm -hmm. where some of them had inherited billions, and how in the world do you hold on to it after three generations? Because normally that's when it shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves. I don't know if y'all have ever heard this before. Um, and so they were talking in there, and it's a burden. Mm. To him, much is given, yeah. much is required. And that's why you see so many unhealthy if they don't yeah. have God. They, they do go into. I mean, Deion Sanders just gave his old testimony of, you know, I had everything. Had all the money mm. and fame and two sports, and I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to die. And I didn't want to give it to God. God kept calling me, and I was like, uh-uh, because -uh, I, I know what yeah. you're going to want me to do. Give yeah. up all this. And so I think that's the answer. This is their God, and it's not our God. Yeah. And yet we can have more influence over that if we'll just do it in God's way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, it is. It's a stewardship yeah. issue. Yeah. It's like, God, what should I do with my, yeah. my finances? Right. If, we, if every single penny that I make and every everything I own belongs to Him, then I should be seeking Him yes. about what to do with Absolutely. these resources. Yes, it's not my. Re it's not saying, God, what I do with my money. It's God, it's your money. And here's a here's a clue. <laughs> what if, do you want to do with your money? If you I'm look sturdy. at the world around you and you are, are you're grieved and burdened by the political realm, by you know abortion or the LGBT agenda or whatever or the lying media, uh, maybe maybe God would like for you to devote some of your financial resources to making a difference in that realm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of Christians think, well, the only place I can give is church. I'm supposed to tithe and everything's supposed to go into the storehouse yeah. and that's the only thing I can yeah. do. But, you know, I, like here in Colorado, for example, and I've only got a minute left, but um, it is extremely difficult to get uh, anything passed as a as a referendum, a ballot measure on the question of abortion. Anytime we try, Planned Parenthood steps in and they spend 10 to 20 times as much yep. as the Christians and they control the narrative, they control the media. Uh, our gay uh, governor, Jared Polis, spent $30 million of his own money in the governor's race uh, in 2020 to defeat a very excellent businesswoman in her own right, Heidi Ganahl. Yes. Uh, but she couldn't stand up to that. And so uh, anyway, it's another pet peeve of mine. Yeah, <laughs> but I, money we, matters. Money matters, yeah. yeah. Well, we've got 10 seconds here. We're going to come up on our second break where we're going to share some more important information with you. And then we'll be right back after that. Be sure to call in with your questions and comments today at 719-619-2341. We'll see you after the break. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. 
long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience his unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Okay, well, we're back here on the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show, and my special guests today are Karen Conrad and John Graves, and we're having just an amazing spirit-led conversation here about some really deep and meaningful things. Um, what is your purpose in life, and how God calls people into different fields and different occupations? Uh, you know, I, I, when, I, when I first got turned on to God, I, I went to a church where it was, you know, the ministry is what you're called, and if you're not in the ministry, then you're not called, right? Right? And I mean, that's it. And you can go do whatever, but make sure you don't get rich and make sure you don't enjoy life. And you know, I mean, but they want you to give, but they want you to give for what? sure. Yeah. So <laughs> the other people can do the ministry. It's just such an old covenant model yeah. of, you know, like a priesthood or something like that. But in the new covenant, we're all priests and we're all kings and we all have purpose. We all have calling and it's the body of Christ where, you know, the eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. And uh, everybody has a unique function uh, and a part to play. But I, I want to share shift gears a little bit here and just talk, uh, start asking you some questions, John, about million voices. What is this thing, million voices? <laughs> um, do, do you actually have a million voices? Uh, yeah, we actually have more than that. So we, so we have different realms. We mm -hmm. have um, the last presidential election, 42.3 million people mm -hmm. who voted, got our voter guides on their phones. Wow. We're an association of churches, so we've got thousands and thousands of churches, but hundreds of thousands of people. Millions are impacted, but hundreds of thousands are literally ingest the content and share the voter guides with other people. And now we've just launched, I feel like kind of maybe my weird calling <laughs> or unusual unique calling is to build tools to help people use their voice, mm. uh, to make things simple using technology. And, and it, was a, it was an epiphany for me because I, I, I spent literally 30 years of my Christianity helping build churches, local churches and mother ministries and uh, other people's businesses or law practices. And I, I just didn't mind that. One of my gifts was being a servant. And so I didn't mind that. And, and uh, through the cir circumstances of, of one of the people I was trying to help, uh, the person left and, and God said, quit trying to fight this battle with Saul's armor. Mm -hmm. Why don't you be who I created you to be? I created you to build these technology companies, this data stuff. I've trained you to understand pastors. I've trained you to understand politics. You can nuance it with the laws of the culture that you live in like the Apostle Paul and Jesus did. And so literally I started using technology because I got very frustrated because we were using technology. We had some of the largest Fortune 100 companies in the country that, that we were doing business for making money. And I was watching the conservative Christians do the same thing they've been doing for 30 yes. years. And I would just come into this situation because I didn't, that wasn't how I made my money. I was giving money to that. And I was like, well, what's the ROI? And they were like, 
they just looked at me like What's it was that? a strange question, like ROI. Yeah, the return on investment. If you get a bunch of pastors in a room, what's the uptick in actual registration of Christians? What's the uptick in actual people going to vote? Is, what's the, surely y'all been measuring this. Y'all spent hundreds of millions of dollars between all the groups. Not a single person I could find had ever measured it. Mm. And I was like, wow. are you kidding me? Mm. This is, I mean, it's complicated, but there's a way to do this. And so we set out to do that over a decade ago. And it was that, me not understanding what God was going to do 10 years later. Mm -hmm. I had no clue what God was going to do. I just wanted to know what's the ROI. Because if it's not working, quit doing it. Mm -hmm. Do something else, you know. If you keep witnessing, it's like I remember uh, Andrew Womack one time, we were driving with my wife and he was talking about praying and praying for healing. And, and he goes, the problem with a lot of people is they pray, it doesn't happen, and they quit. Mm. And he goes, if you see, if you see Satan move an inch, that means you can move him a mile. Oh, you just got to stick with right it. Wow. And you got to stick with it. And that's I've good. never forgotten that because mm -hmm. the people I've seen do incredible raising the dead and eyes open that were blind. It's like they're the ones that will not quit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's one of my spiritual gifts is persistence. Uh, and so, and so that's kind of how we started off. And, and the name came because there's millions of people out there. And I think, I think most people feel, and I feel this often, they see the problems, but they don't know what to do about it. So they're frustrated. So my job is like, okay, I'm going to show you what to do about it. I'm going to show you that six out of 10 people don't vote in a normal off-year election. I'm going to, and I'm going to show you how to get in touch with your friends using your voice. And I uh, thought at the time that pastors were the number one influencer to get a, so let's say that you don't normally vote and you sometimes vote. I thought a pastor was the number one. Well, they're actually the number two person because I measured this. There's one pers person more powerful than a pastor. It's a close friend who knows about politics. Mm. So if if you've been in this world, I thought world, you were going to say your mother. No, no, I'm going to I'm going to say it's somebody because we all we all have people that care about this stuff, and we ask them or yes. they ask us because we keep up with it. And like, well, I trust you, Karen. Do you know who I should vote for for city council or you know whatever? And so now what we do is we put the voter guide in their hand, and we created last year a tool that once they opt in, they click to share and can't be blocked because the, the story came out that it was actually I think. North Carolina State University, secular university, wasn't a biased study. They did a, 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 a left and right study. 80% of conservative emails were getting blocked by Google, Yahoo, and all the big providers. Mm. And I'm talking senators were people who had opted in. They couldn't even get in their inbox to raise money or anything. It's just, it's an unfair fight. And so I thought, well, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And every year I build something new. And so we built that tool last year and people went crazy. They could get it if they were at a pro-life rally in their state. Their state was a Senate race and they could click it and go. We created this tool where they could text uh, MV to 80550. Mm -hmm. Boom, we sign them up. And then, and then you, can't, you can't block that because you could block one group that sends millions or you can try to. We figured out ways around that too, but I'm not going to get into that on air. Uh, but you can't block millions of people who are touching 10 or 100 people. Right. Uh, you see what yes. I'm saying? Yes. And so, uh, and then we built a tool where they can contact their reps, and that's what I'm really excited about, and we're starting to launch. We, we launched it at the end of last year, and people are loving it. We're working through things, enhancing them. But that, it's not just the election every two years. Keep using your voice all the way through, and if you keep doing it in a, in a truth and grace way, that's one of our kind of uh, winsome answers or truth and grace is like, don't, don't just um, truth and liberty. Right. Yeah. This is the grace, yes. and this is the truth. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, anyway, so that's that's kind of how we came up with it. My passion 
is to make people realize their voice matters and put cookies on the lowest shelf to make it easy for anybody to access and start using their voice. Well, let's throw a couple websites up here. Okay. Yours is millionvoices.org? Yes, millionvoices.org. Yes. Okay, so, you can uh, go there and sign up. There's tools. Uh, we're actually rebuilding stuff, getting ready for 2024, but it, it works now. You can sign up there to use your voice. Uh, and then there's, they'll, you know, you can sign up. We do two main things. We give you news from a biblical standpoint on the cutting edge issues of the day, and we give you spiritual devotionals. Mm. So we'll do pause to pray. We'll give you just spiritual devotionals to encourage people, but then things of news. And we find that people tend to gravitate to one or the other. Mm -hmm. I want to be spiritually edified. I want to know what's wrong with this plumber. What, what's the, mm -hmm. but really what we all need to be is doing and Balanced. also. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's right. Well, Karen, and let's get a website up for wealth builders yeah. and. And uh, I don't know if we have that handy in the control room, but that, well, there you there go. Yeah. Are they good or what? I was going to say they're back there awesome. screaming. <laughs> Wealthbuilders.org. And then uh, Karis Bible College. If you're watching today and maybe you're not familiar with Karis, uh, we talked a lot about the uh, the business school, but there's actually, I think, seven total third-year programs, including mm. Practical government, worship, um, ministry, of course, global outreach. Um, uh, what's the one praise from praise and worship? Praise, yeah, media, uh, media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so check out Karis Bible College today, uh, and uh, maybe God is calling you there. Well, we've got another caller on the line. I'd like to go to now, and uh, I want to take a call from Adaya. I hope I'm saying your your name right, Adaya from South Carolina. Uh, thanks for calling in today. What's your question? Um, it says in Romans chapter 13 that we are to submit to all of our governing authorities because they were placed there by God. But how do we submit to the government when they are doing the ungodly things that they are doing? Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to let you guys tackle this. Let me just clarify, though, submitting to an uh, an ungodly command of government is one thing. Submitting to ungodly people in government is another. Mm -hmm. If they're, if they're, they may be like, say, take for example, Joe Biden, if he's ungodly, you know, it's still the law that you can't, what, you know, uh, cheat on your taxes. Right. Uh, yep. It has nothing to do with, with his personal ungodliness. But if the government issues a command that violates scripture, that's a whole nother deal. Yeah. Karen Moore, you want to start? Yeah. You me too. Yeah. Uh, well, I could just comment, okay. and yeah. really, Andrew has is, is really taught me this, so I'm going to be communicating what I learned from Andrew, is that you obey the government of the laws of the land mm -hmm. until that point that it goes crosswise with the Word of God. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, with him, just even in so many instances, he had to stand up for things. I, I remember when you called me when you guys were in the midst of this uh, issue with COVID, mm -hmm. right? Right. And so I, I've just like taken that and said, you know what, that's right, because we honor God above any person. Hmm. And so when we just follow what God says and the government tells us to do this, we go with God. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, I think that's, I think, uh, Adaya, this is really one example, and I'm going to give you kind of this little beefed up version of kind of what they've already said, uh, where when one scripture says one thing and there's another scripture that says something else, it's the discernment of the believer, which is why we're commanded to get a multitude of counselors, to seek maturity, seek spiritual discipleship. So Romans 13 does say submit to authorities. There's uh, scriptures in Timothy that say pray for authorities, but there's also scriptures that say uh, you know, you decide for yourself whether it's better to obey God or obey man. And you'll remember they'll say, hey, you stop preaching about Jesus. So there's a classic example in the book of Acts where it says, hey, you stop doing this. You stop, te you stop telling people about Jesus. It's like, 
you can put me in prison if you want to because, you know, I may have to do that. But uh, MLK talked about this in the Civil Rights Movement. It's like, no, these are ungodly things. So there's going to be civil disobedience, not riots, not burning down somebody else, not injuring somebody else. But I can submit to the government until they ask me to disobey my God. And that's really the simplest way to look at that. Uh, issue, but I think that's a great question because a lot of people, to me, this what I love about this question is we should be asking these questions. We should be, uh, and this is there's a book U Turn by David Barton yes. and George Barn. I think is great. I highly recommend if you haven't read it. Uh, and they document what pastors think their people want to know mm -hmm. and what the people want the pastors to say. And yes. this is what the people want. They want cultural apologetics. Uh, that's my language. Uh, we're, we're giving them apologetics or a, an explanation of how do you handle these bizarre cultural things. I think the gender confusion is the next you know, 50 year. There was a massive battle to free the slaves in our country that took 100 years. And there's been a massive battle for 50 years to start the process of ending uh, abortions uh, and, and get this back to all life matters. And now there's this gender confusion that is so rampant that the church needs to be winsome and love Absolutely. people, but speak truth to people and be there just like women who've had an abortion. You can stand against abortion, but I am for you and I will help you. And it's, you can do both of those things. It's not an either or, and that's the way the left likes to pitch it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so. yeah, Adaya, I know during COVID, it was like, um, you know, this is the United States of America. Mm. When do we have the government tell us to do something that's against the Bible? Yeah. Uh, not very often, but then we were mm. hit right in the face with yeah. it. As Shut the governors all over the nation were saying, Churches close, you can't yeah. meet. And the scripture says, forsake not the assembling mm -hmm. of yourselves together. It's a direct violation of the Bible and an infringement of free exercise of religion. And it was shocking how many pastors and churches yep. abided by the government's command without even giving it. And this is the scripture that they always quoted was Romans chapter 13. Wow. We have to follow the government. The Bible says we have to obey the government. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we do have to obey the government, but not when it tells us to do something that's sure. against God's commands or um, and so the, you alluded to this but in Acts chapter 4 when Peter and John were arrested and they told him stop preaching in Jesus name <laughs> Peter said in verse 19 of Acts 4 Peter and John answered and said unto them whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God judge ye for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard and so they went out and continued preaching and uh, disregarded the, incons the, the inconsistent commandment but I, I think that you know we're going to be seeing more and more of this uh, as time goes on. Um, and, you know, we, we see it right now where governments like California and other places trying to command parents, you have to, quote unquote, affirm the gender of your child, which, okay, what's gender? And they say, that's just what you think your sex is. And these are contrary to God's word, right? And in so many other ways. Uh, so we have to bold, embolden ourselves and get a proper understanding of this question. So Adaya, thank you so much for That's calling in with that. We really do appreciate it. Um, well, so John, speaking of politics and everything, what's going on in the political landscape? We're coming up now. <laughs> Nothing much. We've got an off year, <laughs> off year here. School board elections, which to me are super important. Yes. Um, and I think progress is being made there. But let's look ahead to 2024, mm -hmm. uh, brother, and where yeah. are we headed? This is unlike 
any election I've ever seen. Yes. With Trump facing how many lawsuits? Cases six or seven, something? Seven, seven, eight, nine, depending on how you count them. Yeah. Uh, and 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 some of them are nineteen criminal indictments. Yes. So just in one. So so it depends on how you count. Yeah. And he's <laughs> in true Trump fashion. He's coming out of the courthouse today, calling yeah. the judge a fraud yeah. and yeah. A lying Democrat. <laughs> so anyway, um, but but we've also got. Um, uh, on the Democrat side, Joe Biden, mm -hmm. many people are speculating that he's not going to make it through the campaign yeah. uh, and someone's going to be brought in to replace him. What's your take just from a 30,000-foot level of the presidential race? I know that that's kind of the, the, the popular uh, conspiracy theory. This man's been running for president for over 50 years. He's not about to stop once he is the president. Mm. I mean, he he ran and lost, ran and lost, ran and lost, ran and finally won. And I don't think it's because he won. I think there was a lot of shenanigans in 2020, and I think a lot of illegal behavior in 2020. The media hid the Hunter Biden thing, or he or he wouldn't be the president. If the American people were just told, forget all the other software issues. If they're just told the truth about Hunter Biden, he wouldn't be. So I don't see that, barring you know. He collapses. Everybody's like, oh, he's not doing it. I'm just like, you don't give up the most powerful position in the world after you've been running for it your entire life. Mm -hmm. And you're willing to lie and do anything else to do it. So I don't see that. The word the Holy Spirit gives me, because I'm very troubled by it. It doesn't look good for Christian conservatives, the way things are playing out. And because I do a lot of polling, a lot of stats, a lot of um, I keep my pulse all over the country in these things. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very troubling because a lot of people aren't like us that are really praying about this, really focused on this. And the, the majority of people are looking somewhere else and they'll pay attention right at the end. And so the phrase I felt like God gave me, this is uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. And so don't think, just like 2020, the rule was there should have been a red wave and there wasn't. Uh, don't think that what should be might be. God can turn everything on a dime. And that could be a catastrophe, a national recession, a great depression, some war. It could be all kinds of things. And so I don't know what it is. I feel like my job is to stay ready and agile to God because our job is not the results. Our job is to get believers involved in the process. Make sure you vote no matter what's going on. And so I can break that apart for you as far as you want it. But at a high level, you know, don't, don't. I think a lot of people get passive, go, oh, well, he'll, he'll, he'll go away, he'll go away, and we'll have Kamala, or we'll have, it's like, don't be passive about this thing. Don't well, hope is that it all bad, solves it. Is that a bad it. thing if he stays, I mean, uh, doesn't that, I mean, who likes Joe Biden, really? Well, I, here's I the mean, difference. even liberals. But, but I'll, I'll tell you, here's the difference. Yeah. If you look at the polling, 70% do not want Biden, and 70% do not want Trump. Right, but so Trump's negatives are so There's high, a massive the difference, there's a massive difference. What do people say when Joe Biden? He's incompetent, right? And he's doing a terrible job. Mm -hmm. The poor man, I'm embarrassed for him. He can't even hardly finish his sentence. He can't walk up the stairs. You know, it's like, does he have dementia? It's like, well, something's wrong with him. You feel pity for Joe Biden. The people who, mm -hmm. who don't like Trump feel hate. And hate will make you come vote. Pity will make you stay home. Mm. And that's the difference. So 70% don't want Trump, don't want Biden. And this is Democrats and Republicans, mind you. Mm. Okay, don't want either one of these people. The difference is 68% or I'm not voting for Trump under any circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that's not true with Biden. It's like 30%. 
I see. And so that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then the independent person who's cl totally clueless about all this, what are they going to do? They're going to walk in and go, I got two crooks here. One who's indicted, which is probably going to happen. He's not going to get, Trump's not going to get a fair trial in New York. He's not going to get a fair trial in D.C. for sure. He's not going to get a fair trial in Atlanta, right? All these other things. There's no fair jury of his peers. Florida, he'll get a fair trial, but it's the one with the most damaging evidence, at least what the government is saying right now. So can they do that before November? They've waited three years to do it strategically so that they could let him win the nomination and then do it. Well, he'll just have to be president from jail. Well, everybody <laughs> says that, and, I, and that's part of what troubles me. It part, it's part of what troubles yeah, me. He can still run. I'm being Kevin. No, no, he can still run. For, there's nothing to stop him. If he's in prison under any one of these uh, criminal indictments, he can still run. But I'm just saying, the hardcore MAGA folks, right. maybe even a lot of believers are going to do that. But there's a whole swath of the population. And this is right. what people don't want to understand. Would not vote for him if he's in jail. I'm just telling you, yeah. they're they're not they're not going to. It's it just sets a precedent. Are we going to start? You know, and, and I know what's happened to him is horrible. What's happened to him is unjust. What's happened to him? And and they could. And the enemy does this. The enemy often overplays their hand, and so over does it that there's what looks like a backlash, but really it's just God turning things. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. I, it could, nothing would surprise me. Nothing would surprise me. I, I just am praying, God, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. My job is, to, and which is why we're working heavily on the Senate races, and then we're doing everything we can to keep people engaged in the process. And what's what's what people don't understand is if you look at the early Iowa, you know, New Hampshire, he's the incumbent president, right? And the Republicans, only four out of ten in those early states, want Trump. Six out of ten would would prefer to have someone else. They're just picking between 12 different people. Mm -hmm. So it's splintered all the pieces, which means Trump will be there, even though only 40% of Republicans want him. If 40% of Republicans want him, how many uh, independents do you think right. are there? Well, but, so, it, but if he wins it and you stack him up against Joe Biden, uh, it, sure, surely he'll have a good Republican turnout. No. He will have a good turnout. He had a good turnout in 2020. Yeah. But they will spare no expense to cheat. And the media is on their side. The tech is on their side. They will spare. I mean, Zuckbucks alone put half a billion dollars almost in mm -hmm. into just the swing states and the, just the liberal cities to to vote for other people to right. vote, you know, mules and harvesting things that were illegal, you know, mm -hmm. but nobody knew about it until it was way too late years later. So, so how, uh, what do you envision? I mean, as far as the, in 2020, there was the Zuck bucks, there was mm -hmm. the, the drop sites for ballots. I, I would say, yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. And how much of that are they going to be able to do this go around? They'll try every I single think. one of those on steroids. So, okay. so there, that's why instead of suppressing Hunter Biden, which they're still trying to do, mm -hmm. okay, it's finally coming out by a razor thin Republican majority who just kicked the speaker out. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, that's if we didn't have that, we wouldn't know anything about Hunter Biden right now. Right. And the only reason that happened is because Republicans in New York and California ballot harvested. They weren't saying, oh, well, that's, I'm a purist. I'm not going to do that. They're like, okay. we keep getting beat, so we're going to do it. And that's where we flip four seats in each one, or we wouldn't even have the House on the Republicans. Now, I've never heard that before, that, oh. that they ballot harvested. That's, that's how they won. Because so they obviously, losing. that's an important yeah. tactic. We need to be doing that. And we'll be doing it with million voices. We're building a tool where somebody can sign up next, next year and they'll say, I'm willing to call 500 people that are Christian people, that are faith people, 
and I'll remind them to turn their, in states that that's legal, in some states it's legal. And, and the problem that I have with the left is they always steal God's language. Mm. Harvesting is a biblical word. Harvesting is a good word. Harvesting is bringing forth the fruit and they've stole it. What they're doing is not ballot harvesting. That's what they call it falsely. It's ballot trafficking. It's more like sex trafficking. They're stealing someone's vote and voting for you and you mm. don't even know it. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. not harvesting a ballot. Mm -hmm. That's not helping a, a, an elderly person or a disabled person vote. Right. You're, you're fraudulently voting for, that's trafficking. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So we yeah. need to start using language to properly describe what they're doing. Yeah. So you can call it, we're going to call it ballot chasing or ballot gathering because they've distorted the words. Right? Yeah, lawful ballot collection. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And, and it states that it's legal because we're using influence. Mm -hmm. Hey, government belongs to those who show up and we live in a constitutional republic. If the church shows up, and I, I'm telling you, I, uh, David Barton asked me to do an autopsy of the 22 election at his family uh, state reps, uh, 30 states, like 250 reps. I did 10 different things of what went mm -hmm. wrong in 22. The number one thing that shocked me, I've never heard anybody talk about it, I've never seen an article on it. When I looked at all the crosstabs of what happened, I was blown away. 2016, Hillary Clinton gets 65 million votes. She, her and her followers believe it's a stolen election. Two years later, 92% of her people, 60 million people come up, 40 House fl flips, 40 House seats flip from Republican to Democrat. Two years later, Trump loses a narrow election that he and his followers believe was stolen. Do you know how many people showed up two years later? 72%. Okay. 20 million Trump voters from 2020 didn't bother to come in 22. Oh, wow. 20 million. In, in the off year, in the congressional 20 million year. last wow. year. Yeah. It wow. would have flipped 70 seats if we right. have the same number of our people come yeah. back, even though we think there's yeah. fraud. Yeah. So, so we can't control fraud. Well, let's talk. Um, we've got another call coming in, but I okay. want to get to one more question because we've only got about five minutes left. Oh, sorry. And no, it's okay. okay. Nobody knows what's yeah. going to happen in the presidential yeah. election. It's too crazy. <laughs> but what about the U.S. Senate? This is super important. Yes. Uh, the Dems have a lot of seats up Huge. in 24. Huge. W what can you tell us? So I, I sent a map. I don't know if they can pull it up, but that'll help people visually get to it. And it shows that the Republicans are only defending four seats, Texas, Florida, Missouri uh, and I think Indiana and none of those are really something that's going to flip. It's Ted Cruz, it's Rick Scott in Florida. But if you look at the Democrats, they're trying to defend states like West Virginia that Trump won by 50 points, Montana Trump won by over 20 points, mm -hmm. and the Democrat senators in those Senate races could lose those. In addition, there's Ohio, which Trump I think won by more than Texas, like 10 points. Okay. Uh, there's Arizona, there's Nevada, there's Pennsylvania that could all flip if Yunkin runs in Virginia. So there's like well, let's, 10 uh, Democrats. Let me see if our guys can get that. I'm not sure they heard the cue. Can we okay. get that Senate map up uh, in the control room there? There you go. All right, here we yeah, go. Yeah, so if you look at the, the, the wording over on the side, the GOP seats that they're having to defend, the, the roughest one is Texas and Florida. Now, I'm not saying Texas is not drifting blue. It is, uh, but it's been holding it's steady, and there's a lot of people doing a lot of good work in Florida and in Texas. Florida, DeSantis has done a miracle there, winning by 20 Amazing. points. I could not believe that. He even won mm -hmm. Miami-Dade. I was like, wow, I wish every governor was doing that across mm -hmm. the country. But look at the Democrats. And I've ranked them there in kind of my opinion of who's in trouble. West Virginia, I think that, that seat flips. Montana, I think that seat flips. Ohio, it's going to be tougher, but I think that one could. Arizona is really interesting because 
Cinema uh, actually left the Democrat Party, became an independent. That's a three-way race. Carrie Lake's probably going to get in. That's what everybody's expecting here next week. Pennsylvania's going to be tougher, but McCormick, who narrowly lost to Oz uh, last cycle, has cleared the field, and he uh, was on Trump's cabinet. Uh, you know, he, he should be a serious contender. And then it depends on who's in Nevada. Is Youngkin going to run for Senate? We won't know until after his session's over in this election in Virginia. Uh, going on. And then it's harder for some of the other states, but they're on there. They're okay. defending a lot in this year. All right. So bottom line here, we're still a long ways out. But yeah. It looks like Republicans are going to be going into 2024 with a good yes, chance of retaking do. control of the U.S. Senate. Yes. Hopefully they will yes. increase their majority in the House. We don't have time to talk about that, yeah. but maybe we'll get yeah. you on uh, sure. later. We got one caller on the line I do okay. want to get to before the end of our program. Philip, you've been holding on patiently. You're an Andrew Womack Ministries partner. Thank you so much for your generosity and uh, thanks for calling in today. What's your question, sir? Sir, I had a pastor who uses the word sovereign quite often tell me that God sovereignly elevated Biden into the presidency of our country. How would you address that? Yeah, well, you want me to take yeah, that you to go for yeah, it. Yeah, God, Daniel, the book of Daniel says God puts kings in authority as it pleases him. He directs the course of world events. So, you know, it's it's one of the more difficult uh, theological issues out there. And you can say it's just like suffering. Did God create it or did God allow it? If you read the book of Job, God clearly gave permission to Satan to do different things. And Joseph, we, we referenced that story early, uh, Deuteronomy, he sends them into the promised land and they have to fight. And so God's not afraid of those things, but sometimes what happens is if the church doesn't show up uh, or begin fighting the deception, a lot of stuff is a lot of times exposed, and it could be that what God's doing, I, I, we don't have time to get into all the <clears throat> ways I see this playing out, but one of the ways this could play out is there's been fraud for years and years and years, but nobody's done anything about it. Now, because of what happened in 2020, there's been a lot of attention and a lot of focus and a lot of people are using their voice, getting involved, getting engaged. Uh, and so that's what I keep uh, encouraging people to do is you just stay engaged to try to wake this stuff up. So God ultimately makes those decisions, but it comes down to we have to show up or some of these people get in there because we didn't show up. Well, I, uh, so I want Karen to comment. We've got a little bit of time left. I, I think the sovereignty message, like what your pastor has articulated, is extremely damaging and dangerous. And I've got some thoughts on that. But Karen, what do you think? Yeah, I, again, I, I really listen to Andrew on things like that. And it's like, you know, God gave us the responsibility mm -hmm. to rule and reign. And so really, if we're to say who put Biden in, it, it's, you know, us not taking action. Um, because if God sovereignly put Biden in, why would we be asking people to vote, right? right. Mm -hmm. But he gave us responsibility and he gave us the opportunity to have a say in the future of this nation and in our families. And we need to activate and we need to, we need to follow through with what truth and liberty is all about. Thank, awesome. And I would say this, uh, did God put Adolf Hitler in power? Did he put Mussolini in power, Stalin in power, Mao in power? then God is uh, doing some pretty bad stuff. And I think that's an unfair accusation against mm -hmm. him. I believe that uh, there's, we have an enemy in the world, Satan. Uh, he puts it in the heart of men to do wicked things. God, though, in his awesome power, is able to turn those things for good. Yeah. Just like Hitler, he turned that after the war and created the Jewish homeland, which he prophesied from centuries before. And he's going to turn this Joe Biden that's fiasco good. into a good thing for America because it's going to wake people up. I think we're in the midst of the third great awakening. And I think 
awesome stuff is on its way. Just hold on, hang in there, keep doing what is right, and our faithful God is going to take care of us. So Philip would love to talk about that more, but we are out of time. Uh, so to everyone who's watching today, thank you so much for joining us and for calling in. Be sure to tune in tomorrow to the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.